Welcome to PICGO Happenings. I'm your host, Diana McFarland. I'm here to give you a front row view of county government. All right, so today I'm here with Carolyn Jarrett, who's the chief of Brosville Fire and Rescue. Carolyn, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. So I guess to start out, you know, if you just want to tell me a little bit about yourself, kind of how you got involved in, in fire and rescue and volunteering in the county and how long you've been with Brosville. Actually, I've been interested in um, fire and rescue, just the fact of, you know, helping your community. Since I was younger, I like being around it. Mm-hmm. I've been with uh, Brosville for 28 years now. Okay. Yeah, starting in 1993. Uh, started out as just a uh, firefighter. Mm-hmm. Gradually along the way, I've gotten certifications. Started as a first responder, then I got my EMT, uh, my firefighter one, and I've got some other training, you know, like uh, vehicle rescue, mm-hmm. things like that. Right. No, absolutely. Uh, and how long have you been the chief there? Three years. Okay. Yeah. Was the, actually the first female chief in all of Pennsylvania County. I mean, what, what's that like? It was a little weird to begin with. It's a, it's an honor, but uh, to know that your peers, because we're voted on in our station, and to know that my fellow firefighters thought that I could do the job, uh, it actually made me feel pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. And I know a little bit about the history of the Brosville yep. station, mostly just that it, it, it once was a part of Tunstall, which was yep. several stations together. So if yeah, you want to kind of walk me through that. Yeah, there was actually three stations together. It was Tunstall, Mount Cross, Brosville, Bachelors Hall, and Westover Hills before the city annexed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was 1961. But in 72, Broswell went out on its own, I okay. guess you could say, just to um, to improve the response time. A lot of the older gentlemen that started the fire department back then have since passed on, of course. Mm-hmm. They, they made a big impression on the community, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, you mentioned that you've been with the department for over, over 20 years at this yep. point. So even during that time, how have you seen, I guess, both the role of the, that the station plays in the community and, and sort of the makeup of the community that you're protecting? How have those changed? The, the area itself has, of course, you know, there's been a lot of building in the area. So the different areas have grown. Mm-hmm. Our population has grown. Mm-hmm. When we first started... You know, we were part of Cascade. It was Brussels Cascade Fire Department at okay. that time. Mm-hmm. There was a bigger area that we covered mm-hmm. at that time. Years ago, when I first got in in 93, you know, we were just fire then. The Naval Lifesaving Crew was actually doing the EMS part. Mm-hmm. We branched off years later, got our first responder uh, vehicle, and started offering first aid till the Lifesaving Crew could get there. Mm-hmm. And then years later, we went transport. I think it's, you know, it's improved improved things around the community itself, being able to offer help a lot quicker than what, or get them to the hospital a lot quicker in some cases, heart attacks and things. Right. And, you know, you mentioned the, you know, providing EMS service. You know, I've been in this position for over a year, um, and, and with, before that was with the paper and sort of yeah. paying attention to this. But, you know, in, in the last two fiscal years, you guys were almost completely 100% of your calls yes, on, on both sides of, of fire and EMS. And then actually in, in fiscal year 21, it was yep. 100% of the almost 500 calls that you're mm-hmm. dispatched to. So talk to me about how as a volunteer agency, how do you maintain that? How do you maintain 100% response rates when, I mean, I think it's pretty well documented that across the country, across the state, even across the county, you know, volunteerism is declining. It's declining badly. You know, we, we look for volunteers all the time. And just like everybody else, all the other departments in the county, people just do not want to take the time to dedicate what is needed 
mm-hmm. you know, as far as training, going to get your training, uh, keeping your certifications up. It's, it's hard mm-hmm. to keep those people. But to answer your question, uh, I, I've got some very dedicated members that, uh, and always have, that, you know, want to serve the community and to make sure those calls are covered, mm-hmm. no matter if it's 2 o'clock in the morning or at late in the afternoon, early in the morning, whatever. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter to them. They just they get out there and help. And I know, you know, I've, I've talked to several other departments uh, on the show and, and a, a big theme has been having to shift the mindset of it's not strictly volunteer anymore, exactly. you know, having to pay. So is that, is that something that you guys have had to do as yes, well? Yes, exactly. Uh, September of last year, we went to actually paying uh, per call and uh, paying to have a duty team at the station from 8 to 5, 7 days a week to improve that time, response time, to make sure we could get somebody there quick enough to help somebody right. in dire need. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the other departments are having to do that now because, like I said, volunteering is not what it used to be. You know, a lot of, most families now it takes both parents to be able to support the family uh, so they don't have the extra time like, you know, a lot of people did right. years ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're talking about the difficulty getting getting volunteers. What are some of the other, I guess, difficulties or challenges that, that either your department specifically is, it has, has faced in the last several years or, or that you're seeing across the, the volunteer fire and rescue space? I'd say in the last two years, it's been really crazy because of the COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, that has made a big difference. Nobody wants to get out here and take a chance of, of getting COVID and taking it back home to their family. Right several months ago we had a couple of members that did get COVID mm-hmm. you know some of our members had to step up to help us out but COVID has been a huge impact on the volunteer world because mm-hmm. as I said nobody wants to to, to take a risk of I don't want to run that call because it's I'll be able to get COVID and mm-hmm. take it back home right no and that's very very understandable thought process I mean you mentioned that you guys are are you know, paying stipends uh-huh. and paying duty, I guess, teams to, to be at the station. Yes. So how, how many volunteers roughly do you guys have? We've got about 35, 20 okay. of those are mm-hmm. extremely active. You know, we've got some that are lifetime members, mm-hmm. which means they've been in the department 10 years or more. Right. That You know, that sounds like that's a lot, I think, you know, to very active members. But at the same time, you know, you're providing 24-7 service exactly. at a moment's notice. Where in, in most of those cases, you need more than two people to show up. Yes, we require two, and usually that's just the driver and the EMT. Mm-hmm. And you know, we've we've got a few few drivers, and we got a few EMTs, and we got some that are just fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, not everybody wants to do the EMS part because right. a lot of them can't handle it. Mm-hmm. Well, there's that, and then the tr- I'm sure the training side of things exactly. discourages people yeah. as well. It's over a hundred hours for the EMT training. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's 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 a lot to have to do mm-hmm. to even just keep your skills up. You know, there's trainings. That has to be done. You have, you know, your 40 hours that you have to do to recertify. Mm -hmm. And one of the bigger things that I'm seeing now, as far as us, I can't speak for the other departments, is we're having trouble getting the younger generation to step up what we call junior members that are 16 and on, Mm -hmm. 16 to 18. It's it's hard because, you know, those, those young members... Or the future of the fire department. Right. Yeah, yeah no, that's tough. I, I want to circle back to, to what we were talking about with having to pay, to start paying members yeah. and how that's, I mean, that's something we're seeing across the county. Yes. So for, for Brosville specifically, what, what went into making that decision of, of starting to do that? A lot of it was the officers 
uh, sitting down myself and a couple others and our board members mm-hmm. and we got to talking to the board members and and told them these these people are dedicating themselves to making sure these calls are covered we feel like they need to be reimbursed in some way mm-hmm. for their time at the station mm-hmm. or to get up and do that two o'clock in the morning call that nobody else wants to do right I mean, your response rates have have remained extremely high. I don't yes. think that's so. You're yes. saying it's it's more about the response time than actually res- whether or not you're responding. Yes, we want to improve the response time. Is what we were aiming to do. You know, to get others to say, look, you know, we're offering this to get new members in. Um, mm-hmm. Whatever it takes. Just like a lot of them, uh, right? You know, so it gets it's down almost to a that recruitment point. tool. Exactly, of, like mm-hmm. a recruitment tool. We're looking for volunteers every day anybody that's in the area and the ones that are on duty for the day uh, we do have certain things set aside for them to do mm-hmm. you know they don't sit there and do nothing they're help maintain the station make mm-hmm. sure it stays clean wash trucks whatever it needs to be done that right. day you know talking about the, the challenges facing volunteer mm-hmm. stations i know funding is a, is a big part of that too well i mean things cost more i think yeah that's, exactly that's a given. And, Prices have increased over the years, and, Mm -hmm. you know, years ago, we didn't need all this EMS equipment, and now, you know, you're needing different things every day. You know, you get new supplies, and it's uh, $500 or more Mm -hmm. about every time we order, and that's just little simple things. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So, we don't do the fundraisers like we used to because, again, COVID has just messed things up, really, Mm -hmm. you know, put a halt on everything. Right. We have to find alternate routes of bringing in, you know, funds. We, we do a letter drive every every year uh, to the whole area that we serve. Mm-hmm. And uh, it usually does pretty good, too. You know, you, you just try to get your funding. We, we get donations from the, the community. Mm-hmm. They're really good. We have a really good community that uh, are back us a lot. Mm-hmm. And that goes back, you know, years. Like I said, when I first got in, most of the community... I've known all my life. Right. So uh, when you grow up in that area uh, and grow up with these people, everybody gets really close. So. Right. No, and, and talking about the, the funding side of it, I yes. know the, the Board of Supervisors ha- has been very vocal about wanting to increase funding for, mm-hmm. for volunteer fire and rescue and, and has done so over the last several years. Yes. And I know also, you know, working with the Fire and Rescue Commission, they actually switched up the funding structure for mm-hmm. this current fiscal year. So yeah. now it's actually based on call volume. It's yes. not... Um, so I know you guys, you know, saw an, an increase in your annual funding because mm-hmm. of that. Because of bringing, that. Bringing it up to what is fair, that it's ultimately you're getting a proportional amount of funding based on based on your call volume. Yes. But that's still, you know, that's a little over $80,000. That's not going to run your station. That's no. not. <laughs> no, it's not. Right. To buy some of the things that are needed, um, you know, the life expectancy on most of the trucks, 10 years or more, we just replaced a fire truck. It's, it's very expensive to p- replace all that stuff mm-hmm. with just the, the stuff that you would normally need to, to fight a fire. Right. Um, mm-hmm. An ambulance. Uh, if you get the ambulance, um, you're looking at anywhere from three to $400,000 just to get an ambulance and stock it. Fire trucks can run anywhere from 500000 plus. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, you, you look to your community, and like I said, Thank goodness we have mm-hmm. a good community that supports us. Yeah, because obviously, you know, we, we're providing the support that we can and trying yeah, exactly. to increase that. But, yeah, there's without an increase to taxes to completely fund all stations, yeah. there's, there's only so much that we can do. So 
And, you know, with us, this, well, since Cascade went to their own transporting, mm-hmm. uh, which is great. I'm which glad. Which was la- two years ago? Mm-hmm. Something like that? Or a year ago? A year ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. So since they mm-hmm. went to that, yes, it decreased our call volume somewhat mm-hmm. for that area. But we're picking it up otherwise. So, I mean, we're still we're still maintaining. Right now, we've got close to 600 calls already for this year. Wow. Doesn't seem like a whole lot. But mm-hmm. when you, you think 600 calls and you're doing anywhere from two hours plus a time for a call, that's a lot. Which, and that's only... That's only counting first due calls, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So obviously, there's more than that where you're going well, to help. Yeah, because we we back up uh, we back up Cascade and we back up uh, Bachelors Hall, Tunstall. We help them too. So mm-hmm. and know, for you, any big fire call, you're getting four. Yeah, we're getting four stations, mm-hmm. so it's it's a lot. Now, it's more um, as far as the dedication. It takes a lot because you're you know you page out four stations for a a structure fire, and you may get you know, three, four people from each station, mm-hmm. but that's better than nothing. Right. Well, that's, I mean, that's all the questions I was hoping to talk to you about. You know, I think this is a, this is a, a, a fun topic of, you know, hearing about how, how our stations are adapting, you know, even, even with, you know, the decline in volunteerism, increasing 911 call volume. I know we didn't oh, yes. really touch on that today, but I mean, that's very much for EMS that just continues it's, to go up and up yes, and up. Yes, it does. So that presents a sort of difficult situation where you guys have to decide how do you, how do you balance that? How do you, you know, continue to provide that service? Our station itself being right on 58, you know, there's a lot of, lot of road hazards, I guess you could say more because there's more, more chances of the traffic of traffic accidents mm-hmm. than if we were off the road away. Right. And, and I mean, uh, yeah, things are increasing. Uh, we have an increase in the motor vehicle accidents and things like that. So, mm-hmm. uh, we're trying to get along the best we can. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Just like everybody else. <laughs> well, I mean, is, is there anything else that you would want to add or think it's important that people know or think that most people might not know about either your agency or just volunteering in general? No, uh, other than the fact it just requires some dedication. And if you're in the Brawlsville area, uh, feel free to come by 8 to 5 every day. Uh, there's somebody there and pick up an application. We, we meet once a month for third Thursday of every month for our meeting firefighter mm-hmm. meeting and you know we'll be glad we're looking for volunteers every day mm-hmm. yeah so. no, absolutely well carolyn thanks for being here i appreciate it thank you thank you for listening to pitco happenings i hope you learned something informative if you have a question or want to make a comment give me a call or send a text to 434-489-8739